from this. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. Uh, we've been off here for a couple weeks, um, had some work things come up, and uh, tonight uh, Matt is uh, still at work, um, hoping to head out this way. He may join us late. He may not make it. We'll just see. But uh, exciting. Um, somebody we've been wanting to talk to for a while. I know Matt's going to be disappointed. Uh, Wilson Automotive Super Stock Driver, uh, the number 45, Jamie Wilson, joins us in studio. Jamie, man, welcome to the program. Thank you. And uh, we are going to jump in right away here with our first round of sponsors, and we'll be right back with Jamie. Race fans, In the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is... What are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite... Dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely. And they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. Octobuilt Performance Differentials in Louisville, Kentucky. Specializes in race, performance, and street differentials. Don't trust just anybody with your differential. Make sure it's someone who's a proven winner. Contact Mike Kessler today at 502 539-7886 again that's mike kessler at 502-639-7886 octobilt performance differentials a proven winner does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around have trees that need trimmed up against the house if you answered yes to any of these questions call our good friends at canes tree service they're fully insured and offer free estimates call canes tree service today at 812-344- 5917. Tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 812-592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. And we are back here with Wilson Automotive Superstock driver Jamie Wilson. And Jamie, I'm going to start right there with you where I start with everybody. You know, this is a, we were kind of talking off air, this is a sport that is a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Um, 
you know, there are days it's a lot of fun and there are days it's not so much fun. How in the heck did you get involved in all this? Uh, you know, I, uh, I grew up all going around all the racetracks with my grandpa. Um, <clears throat> everybody in my family has raced. Um, and so it just kind of be, became natural and, uh, kind of got just, just hooked up in, in it with that and continued to do it as I got older. And we were talking a little bit before off air, you know, it's, it's been a heck of a season for you this year. And you said it's one of those seasons where you wish you could race more and correct me if I'm wrong, but five wins this season, correct? Um, I, five or six, I think six, maybe. Okay. I, I, I may have missed one. I thought I counted five and, um, but in that too, some big wins, uh, obviously Scott Patman Memorial, um, that's always a big one for you super stock guys. And, and I want to jump to just last weekend, even in the, the super stock class, what's it like to win a Jackson 100 weekend at Brownstown Speedway? Well, you know, and the Jackson 100 weekend is, uh, it's a pretty big deal, especially for us because grandpa has a lot of friends that come in that, that have raced, um, and have sons or whatever that are racing now. And, uh, so there's a lot of distractions for us. We don't usually run very good for some reason when, uh, when the big guys come, but, um, we just, we had a good night the other night and, um. It, I mean, it's a it's a big deal. Um, racetrack's always a little bit a uh, little bit more tricky when they're there than than it is most nights, and uh, to be able to win with that large of a crowd is is pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, it's and Brownstown draws a good crowd all the time, but when it's Jackson 100 weekend, you know, when they're announcing to clear the aisles constantly because people are sitting in the aisles and and what that place packed out like, it, that's got to be pretty special. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you just, there's so many people there. You don't even realize, um, that may only come once or, or twice a year. And so for you to have a good showing while they're there, uh, means a lot too. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about sponsors and the people that help you too. What a great stage to be able to put those guys out there for everybody to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the sponsors that we have, um, are not nationally known sponsors. So, um, anytime we can get their name out and help them, um, is a good deal because they help us a ton. So let's go back. I obviously grew up, you know, going around the racetrack there with grandpa and, and, and your family, but when did the racing career really start for you? Well, you know, I, I started driving, um, I was either 15 or 16. I think I was 15 and, uh, my dad, we, we had, had a go-kart and raced it and then realized that we were spending enough on a go-kart that we could just run a bomber and um so we started racing the bomber and we had it for years um probably 2006 or something like that uh was when we quit running the bomber and um my dad funded everything and just you know i can't thank him enough because back then i was tearing his stuff up all the time and i didn't i wasn't even mature enough to understand what i was doing so you know and you know it's funny when you say that about go-karts because i think that a lot of times people think okay this is this is the cheap way to get in but go-karts especially today have have come all of racing has that but go-karts and the technology and the money in them have come so far that you're exactly right you can run a lot of support classes on dirt that for the same exact price you can run go-karts for oh absolutely and you know i think it's just kind of the nature of the beast if you had a class that was racing wheelbarrows and gave them <laughs> gave them a year you'd have an expensive wheelbarrow 
that is uh that's as honest as you can get and i i, I agree with you 100 percent because it amazes me you know we, we were talking the other day and you know no disrespect to the hornet class but the money that's now being put in the hornet class to run for four hundred dollars most weekends is just insane what what's going in but you're exactly right and it's funny because the competitive nature of everybody that's involved in racing if i can get a tenth i'm gonna go get it yeah and and you you do you you create you know just kind of that that spiral so so you start out in the bombers um and then when where'd we go after that uh we had the we we started in uh super stocks in uh i think we started actually in in 09 because we won our first race in super stocks in 2010 um and then we only won one and just kind of kept pushing along and and really for the longest time i thought maybe i'd just race forever and, and my biggest feat was i beat jeremy hines one night you know um and then we had a good you know we had a good year in in 14 we won one race and uh thought that we were kind of making making some major headway and then came 2015 and uh matt and tyler won every race i could beat both of them just not both of them on the same night i could run second to matt or second to tyler but i couldn't beat both of them so it was just kind of one of those nights man and that back then when those two were were dominating it it was i mean it, it was amazing to see each night how dominant they could be and um but you know and, and you go back to that we talked about here on here before it's it's amazing when you talk about you know i thought at one point my best thing was going to be i beat jeremy hines one night and then i pick up the one win and then i start getting headway you know we talk and this is no disrespect to any driver doing this right now because i've never sat in the seat i've never won a race so i'm not picking on anybody you know when you start out just running well in that heat race making the show is something then you pick up your first heat win that's what you start counting i've picked up these heat wins and it's so funny that once you get that first feature win you forget about every heat race you've ever won now i'm counting features and then you start getting some of that momentum and a little bit of roll there and um where it can take you is is pretty cool so so and then you know obviously you go through that but where where do we end up after that that year with tyler and, and matt kind of dominating everything you know we kind of i always tell everybody we kind of got lucky because uh in 15 that's that's when they were dominant and then uh tyler moved on to a crate and matt moved back to a modified and so 16 and 17 we were kind of it was just open door for us and uh we were lucky enough to have been the third place car the you know the years before and, and we learned a lot and uh, started winning races and and honestly it's about confidence you start winning races and and you start thinking that your stuff's better than everybody else's and and really you just start putting your car in positions that you wouldn't have done before and and realize that you know how to win i guess you know and that's a great point too and i i think even going back to car setup and we talk about this with a lot of young guys that we've talked to on here a lot of times they want to throw the kitchen sink at everything because okay i i can't catch him i need to change everything and you're exactly right as you start to win you start getting that confidence that you don't want this small little tweak i'll do it or i don't need to change anything i just need to be more consistent i need to hit my marks and i think that's huge once you can start getting that and you're and it's i mean it's proven winning can become contagious and once and, and the other way can as well but once you get on that roll you're going to keep doing it yeah you know i think as a driver once you find something you find a feel that you like in the car that that 
you feel like you can drive the car harder when it feels a certain way. Um, I think that's a big thing. And that's, that's something that we've been kind of chasing this year. We built this new car. Um, it was a different type of car than what we have had in the past. And, uh, it just, it never has, it's been fast all year, but it's never had a good feel to it. And so we've been chasing this good feel all year. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I want to find the good feel because the car is pretty good, but it still just doesn't feel that good. <laughs> right. Well, and we've talked about that on here, too, because, you know, I, you walk through the pits and somebody can say, man, if I just had Jamie's stuff or if I just had Marty O'Neill's equipment or if I just had, you know, Devin's stuff. But what you just said is so true. Yeah, your stuff's fast. Marty's stuff is fast. Whoever we're talking about that's running up front's fast. But if it's not fit to your driving style or set up to it, if you don't have that feel, and obviously you've still been fast without it, it it's not always going to work. It's not just about I can plug myself in this and I'm going to win races. You've got to be able to set that up to what your driving style, the way you want to attack, you know, the racetrack in the corners. And, and I think it's interesting to hear you say, even though I've been fast, I still don't have that feel. And is it something to where you just don't trust it as much? Uh, it, it's really just more about – um, it's, it's really just more about a, a, a feeling. I like to drive a car in a corner pretty, pretty hard. And I like it to feel like it's underneath me when I do that. And this car that I've got now, it, it feels like it's going to spin out all the time. And, really? you know, I've, I've talked to a few guys and, and they've said that it doesn't look like that. And yeah, on, on video it doesn't, but it feels seat, like in the it. seat, it feels uneasy. And you know, we, we, it, it always amazes me. And again, I've never sat in you guys' seat, and, and it's it's why I love what you guys do. I've said forever, I don't know that I have the guts to drive it down in there. And I, I understand what you're saying with the field because the fact that you guys push it right down in there to the brink and you know that, all right, it's going to turn for me, that's a feeling that none of us can ever experience. I don't push my streetcar to the point of, all right, I'm going to crank this thing left, and it's it's going to go for me. You guys do it every lap. And it's yeah. the only way to be fast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to have a lot of trust in your stuff. And, uh, you know, if, if you do trust your stuff, you can drive it really hard. And if you don't trust your stuff or, or you have something that's just very inconsistent, then it's, it's kind of hard to to convince yourself to drive in beside somebody else's expensive equipment and, and take a chance on destroying it, you know. And obviously, as we talk about, you know, coming into this year, new car and, you know, obviously – this group of super stock guys, in my opinion, we've talked about it on here, this is the most competitive class at Brownstown that I've seen in a long time. Um, when you talk about guys like you and Boatneck and um, Aubrey Mounts and Tucker Chastain and um, Derek Clegg being up there now, there's six, seven, eight cars deep that can run well and win any night now when you look down the winners list it's been a pretty consistent group of guys that are winning but that second third fourth place is always up for grabs and it's been a really competitive group this year yeah you know the the group of guys that that and girls that we're racing against um i don't know that i've ever been a part of a, a super stock group that was that competitive i mean there's always been uh you know this guy's fast at this track and this guy's fast at that track uh, but when you come to Brownstown, there's right now, there's really like, you know, six or seven different people that 
you know could win on a given night and actually there's probably six or seven that have already won this year yeah at some point you know and the other thing that amazes me watching you guys in your class is it's one of the cleanest classes i've seen and and it's and it's kudos to all you guys and the talent you guys have but you talk about how competitive it is and how bad all of you guys want to win but that class is so much fun to watch if you're a true race fan because i always say that you got some of those race fans only show up to watch you guys tear your stuff up and they have no idea what it costs you guys or the work to do it but you guys can run side by side lap after lap after lap trade passes you know trade leads and it's clean all night long and it's just amazing to watch you guys race and work back and forth together yeah you know i i think a lot of it is really just uh the guys at brownstown in general and, and i'm not saying anything bad about any other track but the guys that we race with at brownstown for the most part have a lot of respect for each other and and what they've done in, in years past and or are doing now and you know nobody wants to work on their car all week uh especially because somebody else tore it up so uh for the most part i i don't think there's a whole lot of people that um that you're afraid to race around let me tell you that let me ask you this when you went from obviously go-kart to bomber bomber to the super stock what were the biggest differences there as you started to change and adjust well you know the the super stock and the bomber which is now the pure stock um there's really not a ton of difference between those two besides the uh tunability of the front end you know the pure stocks or what was the bombers before uh, there wasn't as much adjustability on the front, um, but the the back end of the car was about the same. And and actually, the reason we switched from a from a bomber to a super stock was because at that time, the bombers were getting the bomber rules were getting a bit out of hand, and uh, which I can't blame anybody but myself and other people. But um, you know the they were getting kind of out of hand, and we realized that we were spending enough money that we could be racing for double the money. And so we decided to build a super stock and, and we thought, well, you know, if we, we're not winning in the bomber, so if we're running third or fourth, we can be making a lot more money than we are now. So, And, and again, it goes back to like we talked about with the, the go-kart stuff. It's amazing where those, and it's what kills classes too. And, and, you know, and I love that you say you can't blame anybody but yourself and others because it's like I, I, loved watching the crown vicks when they came over to to brownstown i love what they're trying to do with the crown vicks but in the back of my head not knocking the that series at all in the back of my head i'm thinking give them five years yeah. because they'll work something that'll be let's just do this and then we'll just do this and then all of a sudden the crown vic class is the same as everything else we've got all this money sunk into it so um i hope that i'm wrong but watching what the other classes have done it always ends up that way because like you said you we have wheelbarrow races and they'll find a way to make an expensive wheelbarrow yeah i mean you know racers are racers we want to go fast if you're not winning you're trying to figure out something fast and once you figure it out if you if you beat somebody you're not going to tell them about it so and, and and that's where the sport came from i mean when you go back all the way to you know moonshiners and and running moonshine the whole idea was to outrun somebody was to win and and to modify your car where it can and you know i i know the facebook warriors get all upset but and i nobody downright cheating but it's like we talk about bloomquist in the late model bloomquist wrote the rule book you know it's hard to call him a cheater when he goes and finds the rules that aren't written and then they write the rule after he's done it 
that's what racing's all about is finding that next little thing and then once everybody figures that out it's finding the next little thing to give yourself an advantage yeah you know and i i think most classes try to piggyback off of uh try to piggyback off of stuff like the late models you know you see what the late model guys are doing and and so people start to try a little bit of that stuff and then you realize that maybe what they're doing you can't go all the way with because you don't have the kind of mechanical traction they do but you can go part of the way with it and it helps so you know it's just kind of a trade-off but i think everybody kind of piggy piggybacks from something above the class where they are and let's talk a little bit about that in your time running the super stock what's some of the biggest advancements or changes you've seen in technology in the car oh by by far shocks um you know shocks on these things mean more than more than anything um and i didn't realize it until a few years ago um and we got our first set of good shocks and and my shock guy uh he was building the shocks and he handed me a set of shocks and said put them on your car and so i started asking about a certain valving and when i needed to change in the middle of the night and and he kind of looked at me like i was stupid and he said why would you do that i was like well i don't know i just always have and he said well you're not going to do that you're going to put these on your car and race them until they get bent and then bring them back to me and i'll fix them and so uh you know by far i think that's the biggest biggest change um and i also think you know i I know people are going to hate me for this but i think that's the easiest way that they could pull back in pull back in the reins on some of these classes is by by limiting shocks and you know it's i agree 100 percent with you and i know that in the same boat that you just said people will hate hearing that statement but it it is it's where it's it's grown so fast and it makes such a difference you know the ability to have really really good shocks totally changes the way you set up a car um and and it's amazing to me you know when we like when we talk to some of these old timers that have been doing this forever and talk about yeah we found this car back behind the car lot and the junk and pulled it out and we put a roll cage in it we raced it that night and to think where we've gotten now, even in these support classes, talking about the shocks and how much you can dial them in and the way it will affect a car and the way it'll change a car, it's there's nothing else like it, what you can do today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, Boatnik um, built this new car, and his car came out, and his stuff's been fast most of the year, um, but I've been on him trying to get him to get shocks, and he's – he's kind of stubborn and going to do everything with uh off the wall shocks or off the shelf shocks i should say um but boy he went out and bought a set of shocks uh two weeks ago and he put a hurting on us i was starting to starting to think maybe i was the the idiot in the class that you know well and that you know and that's the scary thing is when you watch some guys that you know don't have some of that stuff and you think man when they figure it out it's yeah. gonna get ugly fast yeah you know matt was he was beating us up with off the wall or off the shelf shocks uh and then the first week that he had Corey's new shocks uh boy i mean i i looked up and i couldn't even see him i wasn't even on the same straightaway that's a that's unbelievable that one element could make that big of a difference and it's and it's huge and i think this is where a lot of fans and 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 a lot of rookie you know drivers even miss it you know, everybody talks about the engine and cheater motors and all this. And, you know, the whole thing is, and I always talk about, go watch a modified because the modified's got the same amount of horsepower that most crates have got. The difference is 
that skinny back tire because it don't matter. You can put as big engine in you want it as you want in it. If you can't transfer that from the engine to the tire to the ground, it doesn't matter. You still got to be able to create traction and create drive, and that's where those shocks come in that just create an endless amount of of power coming off of it. Yeah, you know that the modified deal we had. You know we had the modified last year and we had a really rough year with it, but those things are. I haven't driven a late model. Um, I drove I drove one one time, but um, with driving the modified, that was probably the most fun driving a car that I've had. It wasn't the most fun with the money we were spending, but um, you know the traction that they have and the and the bars and all that stuff just just made the racing a lot more fun. And and you know and I I love the modified class and it, it's it amazes me sometimes the young guys that jump into that class right away because that's a tough class to go race if you've not if you've not got experience with it yeah you know i that's a tough class to race if you do have experience it's just (laughs) it's valid yes it's just one of those uh just one of those classes where um they're lighter weight they don't have as much weight on the tires and they're they're harder to drive just because they're up on the bars and off the bars and you know these guys that race them all the time to them it's no big deal to a guy like me that hadn't done that before it was a big deal well and it, it amazes me too we've talked about this on here you know talking about the open wheel world with sprint cars and talking about you know the fendered world marty o'neill when he got in the sprint car last year at fun fest i mean he was as uncomfortable as could be and couldn't keep the thing straight and was all over the place and that's a guy that can make that late model look as smooth as can be going around that track and and the difference in and like you said to a sprint car guy that's nothing but when i talk to sprint car guys that have gotten a chance to drive a late model or something it's oh my gosh it's big it pushes i feel like i'm taking up the whole track just that comfortable how how comfortable you are in those situations is unbelievable and just like you said to a modified guy that's no big deal i mean it's just it's it's smooth and it's what you're used to yeah, you know, we, we got the modified. We bought a used one, and uh, it was probably a mistake. It had a bad steering box, and we didn't know, and uh, knocked the wall down twice with it uh, before we got the new car. And uh, I was pretty convinced. I was talking to some, some better mod drivers, and they were like they were telling me, you know, well, maybe you got off the gas too too abruptly, and it'll turn to the right when it comes off the bars. And, and I'm then questioning myself, well, maybe it's all me. Maybe I, maybe I just can't drive one of these things. You know, these guys make it look so easy. And, uh, so I was so happy to find that we, we actually had some broken parts. Because, There's a problem. Not Yeah. I was, I was starting to question my ability. Well, and then that's, that's scary in the sense of now, what do you do? Do, do I push it harder with the gas? You had a mechanical issue, but now I'm trying to change my driving style to, you know, to react to it. And it, that's i think that's the most amazing thing to me about watching drivers is there and and you know going back to some of these dominant runs you talk about matt and and tyler and you look at rick gum right now in the pure stock what what amazes me or Devin when he was dominating the mods what amazes me is it's not just driver the mechanicals have to stay right you know i, I said that about rick the fact that rick gum hadn't blown a tire until just a few weeks ago is or or had something fail is unbelievable to me to have that much consistency and same thing there you know you've got a broken steering box and now you're thinking i got to change everything i drive or maybe i can't drive this car so yeah I, I was i was convinced that maybe i just couldn't drive one of those cars and uh 
you know, I had to, we had to end up buying a, a new chassis, uh, and we were questioning ourselves the whole time we were doing it just to prove, I had to prove to myself that I could get one around the racetrack. I wasn't sure I could run any good, but I wanted to make sure I could get it around the racetrack. <laughs> and just, yeah, and not have that issue. So, hey, I do want to ask this, uh, Michael Staples, uh, which is Matt's brother has, um, asked the question, do you have any interest in moving to any other classes? You know, the, uh, I would love to move, um, I would love to try a late model. Um, I don't want to spend the money that you do with a late model, uh, especially you know I've got I've got girls playing sports and there's not a lot of time to dedicate to it. So um, I would feel like moving moving up to any other class. I would feel like it was going to take enough sponsors that you wouldn't be able to leave them in the dark on on your plans of, and schedule. So with the uh, with the super stock, it just better fits what we're doing. You know. Um, I, I think for the, I think super stocks in general, uh, for the money you spend to build one versus the money that you're racing for is probably the most, uh, economical, uh, class out there right now. Um, but I would absolutely love to run a late model and I'd, I'd love to run a modified too. Um, I just don't want to spend the money to do it. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think it's got to be tough, and, and you tell me, obviously, you, you've got more experience with it. I think it's got to be tough when you're running well. And I get that some people say, well, when you're running well, that's when you want to make the jump to the next thing. But you've got the equipment. You, you've got it figured out. You're running well. I think I would, for me, that would make it tougher to say, all right, I'm selling everything out. I'm going to jump into the unknown. I, I mean, again, when you're, like you said, when you've got kids and other things, other responsibilities, I think it's, I'd enjoy just knowing I can go to the track and be competitive. Well, you know, and we did that. We had two, you know, uh, 16 and 17, we ran really well. And when 17 was over, really, we didn't feel like we had anything left to prove. And we were just looking for a different challenge. And that's when we decided to do the modified. And if I had to go back and do it, I probably still would have done the same thing. Um, I would not have bought a used car. I would have just built one brand new um and i would have been money ahead um and actually if i would have done that i might still be doing it but i decided my my crew guys absolutely hated it because they didn't know much about it i didn't know much about it so we were just kind of blind leading the blind waiting on people to tell us what to do um and so coming in coming into this year we either had to build a lot bigger engine and then nobody really like it or know what we're doing or just come back to what's comfortable and that's kind of what we did and when you talk about blindly in the blind and listen for somebody to tell you what to do that's a that's a scary thing too because you got to really trust one person again going back to some some guys that are you know the first get in they try to listen to everybody well again everybody's got different driving styles what they do what you try and throw everything at it and you never get anywhere so i want to go back though you said that you wish why would you looking back have rather just built a car than bought that used car well just because the you know when you buy somebody in racing when you buy somebody's used stuff there's a good chance that they don't have their best stuff on it and we found quite a few things that we had to end up replacing anyway and if we would have if we would have just built everything new it would have been a little bit more uh money to begin with but we wouldn't have destroyed a car because of a bad 
five hundred dollar box, and you, you wouldn't have, and you wouldn't have been replacing those parts several times over. Yeah, you know, and that's I mean that's another great point from uh, to learn from for a young guy from experience from you that sometimes you know it's it's it may be better to to wait an extra year if you're trying to save some money up and build your own stuff than you know you see that deal that looks like the deal of the century and sometimes maybe it's not. Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely how this was. It was it was one of those deals where we saw. Um, we saw the money that was that they were asking for it, and thought this is a this is a great deal, um, and it, it was a decent car, uh, but it had some parts on it that we just didn't know was bad and didn't know how to test if they were bad, and so we ended up tearing some stuff up, you know. But especially for for younger guys, um, or maybe not necessarily younger guys, but newer to the sport, uh, I think anytime you can find somebody that has had some success that's willing to talk to you i know like when we were doing the modified i didn't have a diamond race car but um you know ryan was more than happy to try to help me understand what i should be doing um and matt botnick the same way you know they didn't mind sharing the information uh to try to get me where i needed to be and you know i'm glad you brought that up because that's something i don't know that a lot of people know about ryan and don't get me wrong obviously he's going to push his diamond race cars and should with the success he's seen in them, but he'll help anybody. And that goes just to show if you go buy a diamond from him, how much he's going to help you, because I I've seen him in the pits talking to other guys and giving them advice. And you know, that's something that's pretty special that, that Ryan will do. Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. Before I ever had a modified, uh, there was a couple of times that I needed parts and, um, you know, one time I went up to his shop when he was in Seymour and needed a part and he dug around he just kind of moved there everything wasn't unpacked and he found the parts that i needed um he didn't know what to charge me because he didn't have his parts list undone so he just said you know come back and see me later well i asked him probably five or six times uh what i owed him and he's like oh it's not don't worry about it. it's just a seal you know and so finally before the end of the year i ended up giving dia money and just told her to to let him know you know that that we had done it but he's just stand-up guy and and helps uh you know helps as much as he can and even after he moved out here uh i think there was a night we needed something for the super stock and went out there and he dug around through his jig and and different stuff like that to find i don't even remember what part it was but it was something it was something very specific and he was digging around everywhere looking for it and um you know just for somebody to do that it'd be easy for him to say no i don't have one yeah and that's right there what you just said it'd be a lot easier to say hey i'm sorry man i don't have that and you wouldn't have questioned it but the fact that he took the time to to dig through and and see what he could do and and that's another thing people don't understand you know in the racing world that it's it is unbelievable this doesn't happen in any other sport and i've said this forever because and, and you being involved in other sports like you know nobody goes over if if tom brady goes down and says hey we know you lost tom our quarterback will play for you because he's better than your backup but you could have a part on your trailer and your competitor need it. You'll pull it out of your trailer and hand it to your competitor so he can race against you. And I, and being in the racing world, I know why you guys do that, but still it, it still amazes me because you watch any other sport, there's nobody helping the other team out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal, uh, between racers to, uh, to help out, uh, each other and I don't know how many times I've needed something from a from a guy and they've loaned it to me or um, well just a few weeks ago I wanted to try a different shock and I went back and borrowed a shock from a guy and we won to race with it and uh, 
you know, and times that I've seen, uh, you know, back when Tyler and Matt were beating me all the time, uh, I think Tyler broke something one night and needed a, a spring bucket, and he came over and got a spring bucket from me, me knowing that he was probably going to beat me with that spring bucket, but... You know, it's just kind of what you do as a racer. And, and, you know, and it's it's funny because when you when you live right like that, it usually comes back to help you because it's you know, you've got those people that that will like Ryan go find a specific part for you when you need it. So, Jamie, we're going to take one more break here and uh, run our second set of sponsors and we'll be right back. Okay. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call him today at 812-216-3900. Don't let your Saturday night go without the excitement and live action at Southern Indiana's premier dirt track, Brownstown Speedway. And this weekend at Brownstown Speedway is Driver Appreciation Night. Um, for all you drivers and, and crew people, when you uh, after you've paid the general admission, it's only five dollars uh, for pit passes. So uh, you know Jim and the the employees there kind of giving back a little bit to the drivers and trying to help them out a little bit. So five dollar pit passes once general admission is paid. And Jamie, I can't wait to hear about this because I've, I've got a comment here on the Facebook Live that said. Um, I need to ask you about your first crew chief back in the bomber days and how it made you as successful as you are now. And it's, uh, you already told me that you and this guy were pretty good buddies. And usually I got a lot of respect for him, not to, not to tell stories, but I got a feeling that he's telling a story. Yeah. You know, I, (laughs) I, uh, I told you a while ago that Matt and I went, uh, went back uh, a lot of years. Uh, he and I were best friends in high school and, uh, me and him and my dad and my uncle uh were the only ones that worked on the bomber back in in the day and uh so he he was self-named the crew chief and uh imagine that yeah <laughs> and so um now he uh he's been kind of uh been kind of like a ghost here lately we kind of thought maybe he'd come back around we started winning but i haven't seen him <laughs> Now that you said that, he'll be in the victory lane photos from now on. You know, he'd sneak in and, and, and jump in the victory lane photos. Yeah, absolutely. But no, uh, shout out to Matt Lamar, uh, you know, co-host of Hoosier Hardwoods Live here on the APR Podcast Network. And, uh, um, you know, I, and again, Jamie Jamie said nothing but good things about you all fair. So, Matt, uh, I, I can't say the same, but he said nothing but good things about you. So, but all right, Jamie, let's jump back in here and talk about a little bit, obviously, been a good year um what's the goal here as you finish out obviously we got two more weeks at brownstown speedway 
Um, and then Fun Fest. So, so what's really the goal here as we, we close out the season? You know, really our goal this year was just to get to race as much as possible. Um, I've got two girls playing travel softball, and so that comes first for me. And uh, there are some nights that, that we get to race, but my crew guys have to get everything down there and get it all ready, and then I just show up and and uh, get to wear the suit. But um, I told the guys probably six or eight races ago that Brownstown had about nine races left, and I thought the schedule looked like we might be able to get them all. Um, and so our goal is just to be able to race the next, uh, next three races at Brownstown. And, uh, I'd really like to be able to go run that race, uh, at Montpelier. It's called the, uh, monster mash. I think it's got probably the coolest trophy I've ever seen. And, uh, I've always wanted, I've always kind of wanted that trophy. Uh, I don't even know what it pays, but the trophy's pretty neat. The, the trophy's enough that, uh, that you're going to go. And, and, you know, that's, what's so funny to me too, when we get to the end of the year, you know, obviously the pay is great, but once you get to the end of the year, just cool trophies, cool events, it's worth getting in and racing. Yeah. You know, as long as your stuff's running good and, and you've got, you know, you think you got plenty of laps left on your engine and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of stress-free, you know, points are winding down. People aren't as, as stressed about that stuff, which we're not running for points anyway, but I know the guys that are running for points are, are probably thinking about that a lot. You know, and, and I do want to ask you about that. And obviously, you know, with your, your family and as busy as you are and the fact that you're even racing with girls in travel softball is amazing because I know what travel softball and travel baseball can encounter. Um, is it? Do you enjoy it more not racing for points and just being able to, to go out and look for a win? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a stat kind of person. So the points kind of excite me just to be able to look at them and see where you're going and, and things like that, or, or try to figure stuff out each week on, on how you need to run. Um, but it's also nice to just go to the racetrack and know that if you win great, if you tear something up, you don't have to thrash all night to get it going back together. You can just put it back in the box. Um, so I guess it's kind of got its trade-offs. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of saw that with, with Clegg this year because obviously he got started a little later, and, you know, there were a couple of nights he said, man, if we go out and we're, we're good in the heat race, great. If we break, come by the trailer because we're, we're loading her up and having a good time the rest of the night. So I, I can see where, you know, either way would be would be different. So, Jamie, before we go any farther, first of all, I do want to tell you, um, Matt Lamar said uh, you're, he is not touching the car if you're winning, which – I have to give him some credit. That shows the intelligence he does have if he's staying away while you're winning. So I do want to give you a chance, though. You know, we let everybody that comes on shout out your sponsors, you know, and, and sponsors, your crew guys, everybody that helps you get to the track and, and make this happen. Yeah, you know, I got to thank Jason Ayers Trucking. Uh, he's been with us for, shoot, probably five or six years now, and, and he's done stuff for me and Heyman and Clegg and, and lots of people, Heinz. Uh, and uh can't thank him enough for for what he does not only for us just for racing in general um i gotta thank uh hanner's barbershop hanner's been with us for probably three or four years too you know i mean he um some of those sponsors when you get them and you can keep them for a long time is a big deal um i gotta thank therese graves um i gotta thank automotive equipment specialists which uh came on board this year and 
I feel really bad because I forget them sometimes in victory lane just because I get kind of in the, the same in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to thank Happy Herman's Package Store, uh, Dave's Body Shop, JC Cattle Company, um, Brickyard Lumber. Um, I got to thank Luke's Tavern um, or Luke's Country Inn. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, Wilson Tree Service, I, they're my uncles and I forget them every week. Uh, and so. I catch a little bit of ribbon from that, but, uh, you know, I got to thank them and, uh, superior systems, you know, and it's, it's funny because we've told this story on here, but we talked about Tyler Kane earlier when we did the show with him and Carrie and we did it live at, at the fair and the two seater there from Brownstown late model was there. And when we asked him as sponsors without even thinking, he turned around and he looked at the car, even though it's not his and he's looking at every spot and reading off his sponsors. I said, you had to have that car. And he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, that made it so much easier. Just picturing in my mind on my car what sponsors I need to thank. But, um, yeah, I, I don't ever envy you guys when Matt gets down there in victory lane and throws it in your face and now read off all your sponsors because it. Uh, it as soon as you forget one, they definitely let you know. Yeah, and, and Matt, uh, Matt always gives me some crap because uh, the first year that we started winning some races – I forgot a few and then I made a, a little laminated card and I just kept it in my suit all the time. And that way, if I won, I still had them. I, I made sure I got them. Well, finally we started winning enough that I could picture the race car and I could, I could get through all the sponsors without it. And, uh, so this year having some, some sponsors change really kind of threw me a curveball. I, I wasn't willing to go back to the paper, the card. <laughs> but I was, I'm, I've been struggling through it. <laughs> and, uh, and I do want to say, you know, you got one of the better looking super stocks over there. And, and that's, again, that's saying something. Not only is that a competitive group, but there's a lot of really good looking race cars that roll out with that group. And uh, got to give you some credit because that's one of my favorite looking cars you, you roll out there with. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we got to give all that credit to uh, Celery Signs. Uh, you know, we, I told him I wanted to change it up a little bit this year and, and, uh, told him i kind of wanted to stay with the base that we had had in the past just something a little different and he shot that back to us and and i think it looks really good absolutely and crew guys who helps you get there with your crew man well i, I can't thank these guys enough you know uh my dad he works his butt off on the car most weeks right now he just had uh, surgery on his uh, shoulder so he's kind of gimped around one arm i walked in the shop a while ago and he was trying to dismount a tire with one arm <laughs> And, uh, so we've been kind of giving him some crap about that, but I got to thank, uh, Doug Asbury. He comes out every Wednesday, um, and gets tires done and whether I'm there or not, he's in the garage getting tires done on Wednesdays. Um, and I got to thank Tyler and Matthew Collins. They, uh, they're my cousins and they come over, you know, every Saturday and, and they're at the track and I never have to worry about wheels being tight or air pressure being set. Everything's just done um my uncle jimmy and my grandpa uh they both show up at the racetrack and anything that you know if the car's just a little bit off here or there um they have an opinion on it whether whether i agree with it or not sometimes is a little bit different and they we kind of we work our way through that and usually the outcome is way better uh so it's really good having them just there. having that other side to kind of bounce back and forth you know it's it, you can't have all yes people just tell you, yeah, Jamie, that's 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 great. You know, you got to have somebody to make you think kind of through that stuff. So I'm sure that's huge. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes I come up with some stuff, and, and we tried some <laughs> stuff uh, two weeks ago, 
and the car was really bad all night long and it was just kind of more of us we were trying to make it better but we made it worse you know and and then we just kind of regrouped and the car was a lot better this past week so you know i think you got to do that especially if you're running toward the front or you are up front because the other guys that are up there are getting better and you know they're trying to get better too and i think that's another great point you made right there is that i think sometimes when you get to that i'm running second and third consistently you can get complacent but the problem is the guy running first is still trying to get better you know yeah. it's it's not you know i go back to you know rick gum and the pure stocks he isn't rolling out every week going i'm good he's he's trying to get faster every week and if you're not if you're not working to get better you're you're only getting worse so yeah you know and, and we we kind of picked a bad week to be testing when when matt got those shocks because that made it even worse <laughs> that made it look <laughs> yeah absolutely um and obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, those crew guys and, and what, what you can trust them with and having that group that you know that things are going to get done. And um, it's got to be just a huge relief to you to know that when you show up at the track and that you can really focus on driving. You're not thinking about tire pressure and, and are the wheels tight and is this done. You can really focus on driving and, and knowing how the car feels. Because I, I say that all the time, too. If you're a guy that – that doesn't have that great crew support when you're on the track you're already thinking okay as soon as i get this thing in the pits i gotta get this done this done this done this done instead you're thinking okay i i can get these guys to do this part and you know and i think it just goes so much smoother than trying to chase your tail all the time yeah you know and you gotta have mad respect for any guy that shows up to the racetrack to race by himself because there's so much to do no matter what class it is and uh you know, for me, I'm kind of spoiled a little bit because my, my crew guys just take care of stuff and I don't have to worry about anything besides what part of the racetrack is the best part of the racetrack and what should we do, you know, trying to decide what we should do. They take care of changing everything, you know, and then you look just, just down the pits and you see some guys that don't have crew guys and they're working their butts off and, and, uh, trying to get their stuff right too. And, you know they may run out of time they may want to change something to make their car better and just not absolutely. have time to do it absolutely so let's talk about this a little bit with the racetrack is uh you want it black and slick or do you want it to where uh it's it's hammered down you know i like the track black and slick uh notoriously we've always just had a smaller engine than a lot of people and uh a lot less horsepower and when the track's hooked up and heavy you get guys that may not have as much driving ability but they've got a ton of motor and all you got to do is put it up on the cushion and go with it and i like when it gets black and slick because when it gets black and slick they got to have a little bit of car control and you know i my grandpa told me when i was learning to race that to set your car up for the slick because that's where the money was made and and it, it amazes me the fans that complain when it gets black and slick and i understand there's a period there it's got to be a little dusty until it, it slicks off totally but anytime the track is heavy the racing isn't good because it ends up typically being a one-lane track the only way to pass is you got to get physical and boot somebody out of the way when it's black and slick and like i said with you guys it's class you'll get three wide racing all night long and there's nothing better than watching you guys slide back and forth and and be able to move and run multiple lines you know and, and find where the track is the best yeah you know i think when you can when you can move around it's it's a lot more fun as a as a driver uh you know and that's how we actually ended up testing a few weeks ago we looked at the the pill draw that we had we were going to start toward the back of the heat race and the uh, 
we knew that the guy starting on the front row was probably going to be gone by the time we got around everybody. And so we thought, you know, we're probably going to run second anyway. Let's try something and see if we can make the car better. And it didn't make it better. We ended up still running second. Uh, so we decided to change that back and change something else for the feature, thinking that maybe we were going to make it better. And we still didn't. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those where when the track's hooked up and heavy, you know that anybody that has a little bit of uh, thought about it is going to be up in it and they're going to be wide open and there's not any way you're going to pass them. And obviously black and slick now top bottom what do you want to run you know with with me i i really prefer the middle of the racetrack um i like the racetrack a lot more in the middle just you know the top is a few years back i had to run the top because that the racetrack at brownstown was top dominant yep and uh jason Heyman always used to always used to give me some crap because he taught me how to run the top because i was running the middle and he'd drive around me on the top so i had to learn to either get up there and block him and run it or get passed by him so um you know i to to me i like to be able to search around and find what's best for my car for that night uh but if i had to choose it'd be through the middle and and i think for just and obviously like i said i've never done what you guys do but to me, I think I would want to play the middle as well because it just gives you options. You know, so many times when when something happens on the track, it seems like if you're on the top, you're either over the berm or if you're at the bottom, you got uke tires or a problem. Um, I just think when you can be smooth in the middle and, and create speed, it just gives you options on where to go. Yeah, you know, um, I, th- I think the middle at Brownstown has you, – you can use the advantage of the banking that's there, but you can also not have to slow down as much as you would if you're running the bottom, um, and that's why I like it the most. All right. Well, Jamie, we're at almost an hour in here now, man, and, uh, you know, I, I want to say again that, number one, congratulations on the season so far, um, but I don't want to put a fork in it yet because you got got races yet here to win. Um, and I – I hate Matt couldn't be here because both of us have wanted to have you on and get the chance to talk to you. And, um, I just can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking time out of the night and away from the shop to be on here and, and really enjoyed getting to talk to you and hear your stuff. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I've been wanting to get on here. You know, Matt asked me earlier in the year, uh, to do it and I just couldn't get here because of softball. Um, and we've had a really good year and, and I don't want it to, I really don't want it to end because we've got good momentum, but at the same time, we also know going into the weekend or any other weekend that there's enough fast cars you could run fifth pretty easy. Well, and isn't it amazing, too, and and you tell me if you agree, I still feel like it's amazing to me to think that Fun Fest is in a couple of weeks because the season got started so slow with all the rain we saw in April, May, and June. Like I feel like we should still have another month or two of racing. Like It it just feels like we've missed part of it. It just... It, the other day when I was trying to plan out the next couple of weeks and Ryan Bowling was talking to me about some things with the Fun Fest coverage, and I'm like, gosh, that is like two weeks away. And to me, it doesn't seem like we should be there yet. Yeah, you know, I was just looking at the uh, – I was comparing softball schedules the other day and uh, was looking down at the at the schedule on Brownstown, and they've taken the stuff off that we've already done. And I was like, wow, there's nothing to scroll through. This yeah, is it. Yeah, this is the whole schedule. I did the same thing. I thought – man this is all we have left and it's i don't know and i part of it too is it's still 90 degrees outside and i'm it, it doesn't feel like we should be winding up so yeah um but hey to anyone else uh listening and watching especially drivers uh we've got a really cool thing that's gonna be coming up 
Um, we can't announce all of it yet, but drivers, we're going to have uh, some fun this winter, and it's going to involve uh, some pretty big prizes that you guys can win. So uh, follow our Facebook page. Make sure you're listening. Um, it'll be after Fun Fest, probably looking sometime in December. Uh, but we're going to have kind of a driver's party here in the studio um, and, and do some competitions that, that you drivers can win some some pretty cool stuff. So finalizing the details on that now, but we're excited uh, to host that here coming up. Don't forget Brownstown Speedway this weekend, Driver Appreciation Night. Get out and uh, watch these guys do what they do. Um, Jamie, again, good luck the rest of the year, man, and we appreciate it. Thank you for having me. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Billy Badfast Performance is your local dealer for Velocita racing gear, custom and off-the-shelf suits, shoes, gloves, crew shirts, and custom tent canopies. Also, Zamp racing equipment, which includes helmets and neck restraints, double H fabrication, front and rear bumpers, door bars, and T-bars. When you're one of the guys at the track that's bad fast and you want to look great doing it, Give us a call at Billy Bad Fast Performance, 502-517-9393. Also, look for Billy Bad Fast Performance on Facebook and Twitter. Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like, from prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more. Stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657.